what keeps me up at night is pace of innovation outpacing uh, the ability to harness and i'll say control i don't mean that from a smothering perspective but like just controlling right how that advisor uses these powerful tools how they end up in the client's portfolio the impacts that we have we really want to make sure that the outcome that we're driving towards is what the investor experiences and they do it again with the best outcome least cost least risk that comes along with it Welcome to The Beacon Flash, the go-to podcast for enterprise wealth management professionals looking to stay ahead of the curve. Hosted by Chip Kispert, Managing Director of Beacon Strategies, this podcast explores the future of the industry and the most pressing issues facing today's top leaders. Join us each week as we sit down with industry experts to discuss the opportunities and strategies for success. Matt, welcome. I am so excited to finally have you on the Beacon Flash podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, I share the excitement and uh, definitely appreciate the opportunity to, to take some time to talk today. So thank you as well. Awesome. So Matt, I'd look at you as one of the foremost experts and understanding, you know, kind of what the advisory world is doing today, the trends they're they're going through. You and I have known each other for a number of years, uh, starting it with Morningstar when you were at Morningstar, and and now I'm excited to see what you're doing with Halo. So I think that is is super exciting, and and I think the opportunity is a great one for you. Absolutely, super excited just about the impact. I know we're going to dig into protective investments and why and how and you know where they work, but uh, that was really the draw. You know, had an incredible run there with my uh, with my teammates there at Morningstar, great organization. But happy uh, to turn the you know turn to a new chapter here and you know see if we can help advisors do what they do better. Right. So, as I said, you know, uh, you and I have known each other a long time. I think we're just going to get to it and and kind of get to the discussion we we're talking about. So, first and foremost, you know, one of the things that when I was kind of doing some background work on Halo, you know, I saw this term protective investing, right? Sure. Why should wealth firms and advisors care about protective investing? And maybe we even need to start by defining it. For sure. Yeah, that obviously makes sense, right? From a nomenclature perspective, make sure we're we're thinking and talking about the same things. And so, you know, when we talk about what it is that we do here at Halo or just in general, engage advisors in the marketplace. Protective investing. We 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 actually you know really chose that that term with purpose, and that really uh, it covers in our eyes any investment that's designed to help both generate returns within that client's portfolio, but also provides an element of downside risk mitigation. Right? Whether that's uh, you know, protecting against uh, downward market uh, movement uh, and volatility, or securing of income. And so, when we think about protective investments, that would include things like buffered ETFs. It would include things like annuity products, uh, but it also includes things like structured notes. And that's been a very big focus of Halos, uh, trying to, again, uh, educate uh, the market on those products, what they can offer to that advisor, and more importantly, you know, the, the clients uh, you know, and the outcomes that they can drive. The reason we, don't, uh, we, we talk about those things generally is we are always on the lookout for a better mousetrap. And so for us, while those are the products that we uh, focus on today, 
you know, I'll say, you know, annuity structure notes in particular, buffered ETFs as well. We're always looking for another way to protect the investments uh, of advisors and their clients. And so we're, again, constantly on this journey, engaging with uh, solution providers to see what's next. But we have what we have now, and we're we're super excited about uh, about it as well. Yeah, so, you know, it's really interesting. We uh, We have some, what I'll call large RIAs that are kind of our our canary in the coal mine firms, right? And both good yes. and bad, right? And it's interesting to see how they use the structured notes that you were talking about earlier, really as risk mitigation and to look at their the portfolios and then how they use the structured notes. So, you know, I you're you're helping to define that protective investing is super helpful. I'm curious because you know, you and I have talked about this for years, you know. As you are talking to lots of advisors, you're talking to lots of wealth firms, how is the relationship between the advisor and the investor changing when it comes to the products that are going into their portfolios, right? Because, hey, it used to be, hey, buy me some, you know, buy a mutual fund, right? Or, and then it kind of moved to, hey, I'm going to manage a portfolio, but it's going to be equities and fixed income. It's going to be the traditional 60-40. How, yes. What's that relationship starting to look like and, and how's it changing? Yeah, for sure. And and I, I think the bit the big trend, and then we'll kind of dig into like some of the specifics, right? So how can we actually illustrate that this is this is really happening today? So I think you know, at the top level, if we think about the way that relationship is changing, we're seeing a shift and it's one of those secular, slower moving. You'll see pockets of of acceleration, but this move from generating performance that beats the market, right, to this shift in a high degree of focus on what is the impact uh, I'm looking to make with this investment? What is the outcome that I'm driving towards? How do I actually personalize uh, the investment for myself, right? So how do I make this portfolio, again, you know, look like me, right? And so you're seeing it in terms of things like alternative investments representing about you know, 11% of client portfolios in aggregate today. To me, that's a response to, I didn't like what happened to me in the market, right? You know, through periods of volatility, I want to see if there's a way to to change that uh, that outcome. Um, you're seeing, you know, uh, direct indexing, right? You know, about 100 billion in flows into direct indexing solutions. And again, I look at that as a uh, an indication that, you know, individuals are looking for experiences that are tailored more towards them. And so we look at protective investing and say, wow, like what could be more important, right? Than aligning, right, the, you know, the, the motivations for growth, income, and protection that that individual has. Yeah, I'd say we're lagging, right? There's, there was only about a hundred billion in issuance in the U.S. Uh, last year in structured notes. You know, if we zoom out globally, uh, you know, just to kind of give some data, I always, you know, I think right. data helps paint the picture. You know, if you think about you know global markets, you know, you have you know about 125 or or so trillion in in, in global equity markets. Only about a half a percent of those investments were actually protected. And so again, I know these are somewhat traveled, you know, analogies, but like it's like driving without car insurance. It's like having a home without homeowners insurance, you know, operating without health insurance. You know, it just seems, you know, we hope, right? At some time, it just seems foreign uh, to have a portfolio that doesn't have some level of protection integrated, right, to drive towards that specific outcome that that investors are are looking for. Early in my career, when I worked for Alliance. We used to call it a hedge. 
There you go. That's right. And it, it, it's in there, right? So, you know, it's funny. We, 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 not to take us too far off track, but you open the door, right? So, like, we do, uh, we talk about that, right? Like, should we describe this as a hedge equity strategy? Does it, you know, it's connotations in the hedge fund world. Does that scare some folks off? But, like, we're really trying, like, that's why we call it protective investing, really trying to boil it down into its basics, right? What are your motivations around appreciation, income, and protection? And we want that vehicle to really align heavily, but you know, there's complexity underneath. We're trying to really make sure that that outcome, that's really the focus, quite frankly, as we talked about at the investor, that that outcome comes through and it comes through true. You know, it's interesting. I find it fascinating. You know, we've had a couple of our beacon round tables so far. We've had compliance, we've had operational excellence, right? And you mentioned alternatives before you mentioned some of those things that used to be kind of a four letter word in, you know, in, in many ways, right? Yet yes. the interesting thing is we're hearing, you know, we're seeing greater transparency, greater interest in the alt world because folks have more information, more access. They're generally accepted. And quite frankly, from a relevant standpoint, um, what we're hearing is that firms that within their product shelf that aren't utilizing some way, shape or form of alts, whether they're public or private. Are, are potentially losing their their ability to be relevant. For sure, absolutely. You know, I mentioned that you know about eleven percent of portfolios, uh, you know, uh, allocations there. We expect that to grow. I, I totally agree. I think it's you if you can get the the client on board uh, with the notion that the outcome is most important, right? That opens up this vehicle set, right? So if they begin to trust uh, that managed solution by the advisor. You know, again, we would we expect that eleven percent to continue to to grow as well, and so you know I, I would share we we find ourselves in a really interesting spot. If you think about structured notes in particular, yeah, you know, I say we see ourselves in a in a in an interesting spot. I think most alt uh, uh, providers uh, see themselves in a similar spot in that there's this catch-all, right? And what I do think is really important in terms of change to the industry is that. We need to better categorize, right? The transparency is there, right? Which I love. Tons of information and data around alternative investments. One of the things we're really interested in is making sure that we begin to uh, more finely deconstruct what that alternative landscape is, always with a focus on what is that investment's role within the portfolio? Is it driving appreciation? Is it driving protection on the downside in terms of risk mitigation? Is it driving income? And and really then making sure that the advisor is armed with the data and information and transparency they need, but also just from an integration perspective that they can easily end up in a managed portfolio or a portfolio solution. So administration, operation, ongoing management is is easier as well. And I think that drives us right into the next question I have, right? So when we look at, everybody likes to, you know, if we look at the human race, they want to go one step farther, one step farther, right? So when we're looking at kind of the evolution of product that ultimately is impacting wealth firms and their advisors and ultimately the end customer, where do we see trends going in terms of product evolution? For sure. I think there's two, right? So side by side, uh, I think you have technology and investment product uh, living hand in hand. And I know that's, you know, again, well-traveled as well, but it's, it is the reality, especially as you begin to think about how these more complex instruments uh, can make their way into a portfolio. 
you know, that, you know, that 11% we talked about today in the alternative space, it's still pretty difficult, right? So like, I think where we're seeing an acceleration in terms of trending is operational and due diligence infrastructure to, uh, to make subscribing to, right, to these vehicles easier, you know, Halo, one of them, but plenty of platforms, again, focused on creating that workflow, right? Right. Um, or or doing the due diligence, right? So a due diligence that's exactly, as an example. That's exactly right. Now, you're seeing as well, from a due diligence perspective, acceleration there. Why is that due diligence needed? What you're seeing from a product evolution is more finely parsing those alternatives, right? So private equity, right? venture capital. Real estate, of course, has always been in that space. But what you're seeing, though, is though the access to even like subsectors of, right? So a focus on uh, more you know, industry-specific things. I'll take it to a, a crazy extreme. You know, sat on a panel recently with a fund that is focused on wine and spirits. So that level, I know I'm going to an extreme, but I think those are always good examples, right? So like a fund that is designed to create alternative participation in wine and spirits. And so that's an extreme example, but it is parsing up the category uh, more finely. And what does that require? It does require technology to support due diligencing, subscribing to these vehicles. And then, but we always, we, we like to forget the day two challenges, which are how do I monitor to make sure this investment is actually doing what I said it should do and how do I track its performance, right? And how do I illustrate that performance again in a portfolio context for the advisor? It can't, it can can't be hanging off the desk, right? It can't be a sidebar, side gig. And so we are seeing you know, a lot of you know, work developing the tools, but also then integration. You know, we've we've talked a lot about integration in the industry as a whole, but like it is absolutely critical uh, as we think about the alt space. You know, again, I know bumping around a little bit. One thing, you know, statistically, right? I mentioned a hundred billion in assets in structured notes. You know, there's, you know, you can debate different, you know, anywhere from ten to fifteen trillion in assets in managed portfolio solutions. We want protective investments. We want alternatives to be, you know, embedded right in those assets. Right, that's our journey we're on. And for us, it's not about us bullying. Right, those uh, <laughs> those current systems into you know adopting our platform. It's us meeting them where they work and integrating it into their into their world. Are you tired of searching for piecemeal solutions to your wealth management education needs? Look no further than Beacon Strategies University. Our comprehensive learning management platform is tailored to equip your employees with the essential knowledge to excel in the wealth and retirement industry. With a wealth of experience in the field, we've curated the most valuable education and resources to help you navigate the complexities of wealth management. Upgrade your team's skills and stay ahead of the game. Visit www.beaconstrategiesllc.com slash contact dash us to learn more and take the first step towards success. It is interesting because you, you brought up a really, really good point that I that I think that we haven't really kind of touched on yet. So you, you talked a little bit about kind of the evolution of product, the acceptance of product, right? About it being small, but being more relevant in, in terms of how investors want to structure their portfolios with their advisors, but the technology, right? So if we look traditionally at technology, these were one-offs. They were hard to get to. Maybe you could get to them at a wirehouse 
or yep. you know, and then you look at the alt world and and that's the wild wild west it used to be the wild wild <laughs> west right so yes. now we're seeing firms like yourselves who are kind of bundling these things they're they're creating the the framework to enable right advisors mm-hmm. to to more easily get these and having the due diligence work done et cetera et cetera can you yes. talk about a little bit Absolutely. And, and that is one of the things where, you know, quite frankly, it's, it's a big part of the reason I believe I, I ended up you know, where I am right now you know, with Halo and that the, uh, you know, I mentioned, right, like making sure we meet the advisor and the enterprise in which they operate, where and how they work is critical. And so from a technology perspective, you know, it requires us, you know, anything we build, right, we operate our own platform today. And just to kind of give you a sense of what we thought we needed to do there in order to create accessibility for these products was first and foremost, create a marketplace, right? So connect the advisor that wants to use the protective investment, the structured note with the issuers of those notes, create an environment in which the advisor gets the best experience in terms of product features, right? So the best protection, the best income, the best growth opportunity at the lowest cost. And the marketplace does that, right? It, it basically says, open architecture, auction-based technology. So the issuers will you know, provide their best price for the solution right. and they compete for that business, which is right. great, right? But the underpinnings of that that are critical are, are a few things. One is data, right? So we recognized early that, all right, if we're going to be a participant, you know, we need to have a data, uh, a very robust uh, set of data and information that we can provide. Now, it lives on our platform, but one of the things again, you know, kind of brought to the table to say, look, if we're gonna if we're gonna play right in the in in the in the space in a big way to become more part of the core portfolio, we need to open up that data set. And we need to make it available to the pre-execution and post-trade technologies, right? And so we're very amenable to you know opening up that data. You know, so it's interesting because you also used to mm-hmm. see kind of greater fees kind of built into these right yes so like you know mutual funds you know before them and and annuities things like that the greater Mm -hmm. transparency is also kind of bringing these down right and sure you guys got to be paid right we get that no problem um but it's interesting you know that balance and and hey tech costs right the bottom line tech costs you guys got to make a little bit but all in all i think what we're seeing is we're seeing price compression in a good way that's going to help the end investor. Absolutely. Yeah, so we've seen that you know the price come down tremendously, right? In 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 two dimensions. One is just the way the pricing is structured. And so one of the things we were very very interested in is making sure that these products became readily accessible in advisory accounts. So again, they, from a fiduciary perspective, it, it enters into that world. So we were really excited about that. You can still buy them in both the brokerage and advisory uh, setting. But we do think it's important uh, to make them available in that fiduciary world, which again changes the the pricing dynamics. But then, just in general, to your point, you know, significantly reducing you know the the cost of delivery is is on our minds as well. And that takes a couple forms. One is through the auction capability, where there's the competition. Yeah. But the other thing we're very interested in as as well is you know I mentioned this this marketplace is two sided, right? Where you have the issuers of the notes as well as the advisor using the capability. And so we're heavily focused on 
ways we can make the issuer's life easier from an operational perspective, right? right? With the idea that if they can, uh, if they can issue notes more effectively and efficiently, their cost of operations obviously come down. You know, the characteristics of the note, the offering itself, should in fact improve while its cost comes down as well. That that's the motivation of our engagement with both sides of the market. There, yeah, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I was just going to say as well, like from a platform perspective, right? So two things, you know, smartly, you know, really built everything, you know, in an API first type approach, recognizing that, yes, of course, we'd love everyone to take our Halo platform as is fully integrated into their world. We do recognize, again, some may want pieces and parts of that capability embedded into their own workflows. A-OK, just fine. Uh, The other thing we did recognize is that you mentioned compliance earlier, right? In terms of the other uh, the other you know, sessions you host, which are you know, hugely impactful, helpful. We do recognize that it's not just about the advisor. Advisors are key and core. The investors they serve are. But we look across investments, uh, platform and product, risk management, compliance and risk. The configurability we we, we really designed the platform, recognizing that. And in general, you know, application developers are doing this. Uh, a incredible amount of flexibility in terms of guardrails. So in two aspects, guardrails, right? Only make the products that you as an organization feel comfortable available to your advisor base. We can help you set those guidelines very rigidly, very loosely, however you decide you want, might want to. The, the second is uh, reporting. So you can literally get every data point you want. What happened? Who clicked where? When did they click? What was yeah. the outcome? And so just making that, uh, tracking those, uh, you know, those interactions and then making that data available is, is super important uh, to us and key to, key to the success long-term. Got it. That's great. So uh, I always like to ask this question as we're starting to wrap up, right? What keeps you up at night specific to the well space and as it relates to Halo? I'm curious. Yeah, you know, I've often heard the analogy, which I love, is that you know, financial services, wealth management, you know, it can find itself in, you know, play in, at times like growing like a teenager, right? Where they have arms growing, the, the legs, right? Torsos. And so it's like this disproportional growth. And so I, my, what keeps me up at night uh, the, the most is the actual innovation that drives our growth. And so when you see, you know, technologies get out ahead of themselves or products get out ahead of themselves you know the concern is around you know whether it's inability to connect things together right so from a technology integration workflow right but also just product use right these are you know um, you know, products are complex right and they and they like if i if i reflect upon our space in particular you know there was some you know in back you know in in in, in the days there were some instruments that may you know have been put out to market that you know, we're less than ideal, right? Let's just say it from an investor's perspective. These are powerful tools that can deliver powerful outcomes. And I mean, protective investments as well as other alternatives, as well as even just traditional investments. And so what keeps me up at night is pace of innovation, outpacing uh, the ability to harness, and I'll say control. I don't mean that from a smothering perspective, but like just controlling, right? How that advisor uses these powerful tools, how they end up, in the client's portfolio, the impacts that we have, we really want to make sure that the outcome that we're driving towards is what the investor experiences. And they do it again with the best outcome, 
least cost, least risk you know, that comes along with it. And so I do worry about that, right? You know, very cool, complex, straightforward and simple outcomes, but maybe very complex underliers. And you just want to make sure, right, that they're used appropriately, priced appropriately. And, and that's, you know, the end investor is always on my mind, but that I would say is what's keeping me up at night. Super exciting pace of innovation, uh, but you you just have to be careful with it, right? Right. You know, it's in, it's interesting how innovation is really the the foot's been on a gas pedal, and and COVID really was a driver of a lot of that innovation, right? So I, I love that, right? You know, you think about like you know they they always you know, they quote just the the exponential growth of technology use and financial services. I, I do think it was obviously it, it's a it's a little silver lining in what was a, a terrible time, right? Just that that adoption of technology. Uh, so I yeah, to, totally agree there. So Matt, one of the things we like to do is, you know, after we've kind of gone through this dialogue is give mm-hmm. you 60 seconds to share your thinking on an aspect of the business that's passionate to you. So here's your 60 yeah. seconds. I, I appreciate that. You know, and I mentioned the end investor and that is really where you know my interests lie. And I, and I look at the, again, the, the great amount of innovation that's happened uh, obviously, I have a passionate focus around protective investments. And so, you know, our mission really is to protect the world's investments. And so I want to make sure, right, that we basically align ourselves with the core capabilities today that the advisor has. We use them to integrate integrate protective investments into the core portfolio solutions that they're offering. That's where we're focused. We don't want to, again, be hanging off the side of the desk. We don't want to be an afterthought. We want to make sure that we're very intelligently, right, and very, you know, in a sophisticated way, aligning with the outcomes that the investor desires. We're integrating our protective investments, annuities, structure notes in particular, you know, into those clients' portfolios. Uh, and again, driving without car insurance, home without home insurance, you know, operating without health insurance, we hope we quickly get to the point where we can't imagine portfolios without some level of protection associated with them. Matt, thank you for joining us on the Beacon Flash podcast. I loved your comments. Thank you very much, Chip. Appreciate it, as always. Till next time. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Beacon Flash podcast. We're always working to bring you the latest insights and trends in the industry. To stay up to date, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to visit our website at www.beaconstrategiesllc.com to learn more about our consulting services and the Beacon Roundtable offerings.